0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Good evening and thanks for joining us. Exclusive new details tonight, including never before seen video. Connected to a high-speed crash in Vancouver that claimed the life of a young taxi driver.
2: The suspect, driving a car to go, evaded a police roadblock. And as Sarah McDonald tells us tonight, multiple new pieces of video surveillance captured the driver, speeding just seconds before the fatal crash.
3: The vehicle is traveling at such a high rate of speed you can barely see it as it passes through your screen. Take another look. A Vancouver police cruiser taking notice of the driver traveling at well over twice the speed limit on a busy stretch of East Hastings. Both vehicles captured from a different angle moments later. The vehicle that would soon become a deadly weapon flying at over 120 kilometers an hour and already 13 seconds ahead of police.
0: Our officers did attempt to get into their vehicles and follow the direction of that fleeing vehicle. But it was driving at speed so fast that by the time they were get to get into their vehicles and had East Bend on Hastings Street, the vehicle was already gone.
3: Using surveillance footage from multiple locations, Global News has retraced the final moments of the suspect driver. In last month's fatal collision between a taxi cab and a car share vehicle in East Vancouver, that left a young taxi driver, Senipal Singh Randawa dead. Two of his passengers hospitalized. And the man suspected of being intoxicated behind the wheel of this smart car, critically injured.
0: Our officers, by the time we were able to get into our vehicles and attempt to follow the last known direction of this fleeing vehicle, he was already gone.
3: That footage was all recorded in a matter of seconds. In the moments after, the suspect driver evaded officers at a roadblock at this intersection. Initially asked to pull over and park, but hitting the gas instead. The driver traveling east along Hastings, then at some point turning south onto Renfrew Street, before colliding with that yellow cab in the First Avenue intersection. When you're traveling that fast in that type of area, your depth
0: perception and your reaction time is
4: gone.
3: This retired police officer turned forensic collision consultant says it's not uncommon for drivers to evade counterattack road checks with officers not likely to pursue for public safety reasons.
0: And I had uh, a driver do the same thing to me years ago where I told him to pull over and he went ahead and then he just took off.
3: The province's police watchdog now conducting its own investigation of this case and likely this footage as the suspect driver remains in hospital facing criminal charges. Sarah McDonald, Global News.
1: A shooting in Burnaby has sent one person to hospital. The shots rang out along Willingdon Avenue near Burke Street just after 10.30 Sunday night. Police believe the suspect in a white sedan began shooting at three people in a Suzuki, causing that vehicle to go off the road and crash. One of the occupants suffered non-life threatening injuries. The two others were not hurt. All three are known to police and it's believed the shooting was targeted.
2: In court today, a long list of evidence in a trial involving the grisly murder of a West Vancouver millionaire. Li Zhao pleaded not guilty to the second-degree murder of his business partner. And while the accused maintains he did not have the intent for murder, as Aaron MacArthur reports, the judge made it clear he went to great lengths to clean it up.
5: This is certainly an odd case. Nobody, not even the accused, is disputing any of the facts. Li Zhao shot and killed Gong Yuan in 2015 and then dragged his body into the garage in the house that they shared and dismembered it. West Vancouver police the next day found more than 100 body pieces in plastic bags. Defense is arguing this killing was in self-defense. Zhao only grabbed the rifle to defend himself from one who had a hammer in a physical altercation. Evidence, though, suggests the gun was fired at point-blank range for at least one of the shots, no more than eight inches away. Crown is also arguing after Zhao dismembered the body, he methodically went about a cleaning process, cleaned all of the tools, he hosed off the driveway of the blood, and then took a shower before taking a long nap. This murder trial has dragged on for more than four years now, the original police investigation in 2015. Zhao will have to wait one more day to hear the verdict in this case. All of the evidence has to be read into the record and then translated into Mandarin, a very slow process. The judge expects his verdict Tuesday. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
1: A Duncan man accused of holding a woman captive for three days has pleaded guilty. Kehar Sanga pleaded guilty to aggravated assault and forcible confinement. Sanga was arrested in April of 2017, a day after RCMP responded to a 911 call and found a woman with severe injuries to her face. Sanga was sentenced to five and a quarter years in jail plus two years of probation, but with time served he'll spend just over a year in jail. A judge also ordered him to have no contact with the victim and he is not to own firearms for ten years.
2: RCMP need your help to identify the suspect in a pepper spray attack on a Surrey family last month. Take a look. Police are hoping you can help identify this man. Back on the evening of December 19th, police responded to a report of an assault with pepper spray at a residence in the 13800 block of 102 Avenue. RCMP say the male suspect knocked on the door of a residence and when the door was opened, sprayed the resident and his family with pepper spray. Investigators believe the suspect may have intended to target a different residence. A warning from Whistler RCMP about an attempted child luring incident. It happened yesterday afternoon. RCMP say the nine-year-old was at a bus stop at the intersection of Balsam Way and Lorimer Road when a man in a vehicle stopped and asked the child if he'd like some candy. Thankfully, the boy said no and walked away. The suspect is described as 50 to 60 years old with shaggy gray hair driving a blue sedan-type vehicle. Anyone with information is asked to call Whistler RCMP.
1: Two major construction projects that kicked off today in downtown Vancouver are having a serious impact on traffic. Construction has started on a new protected bike lane on Richard Street, which will run all the way from Cordova to Pacific. Today, crews are focusing on a stretch between Cordova and Nelson, reducing the traffic to just one lane they plan to finish next spring. And city crews have begun repair work on a century-old water main on West Georgia that broke back in September. Traffic will be down to three lanes between Thurlow and Howe, but the city says two lanes in each direction will be open again during rush hour.
2: It was a soggy mess in Metro Vancouver again today for most of the day. Not much of a let up for the South Coast. A parade of systems bringing heavy rain to coastal areas in recent days. 15 to 25 millimeters has fallen so far today. And of course, it was falling as snow at higher elevations. That snow packing a punch in the central and north Okanagan, with travel conditions on roads and highways quickly deteriorating. Global's Claudia Van Emmerich has more on the
6: challenges. It's a winter chore Okanagan residents can't avoid as winter kicks into high gear.
7: It's actually better than the last round that we had. This is is still heavy, but not quite as much as as, it was last time.
6: Almost a week after the last snowstorm, road crews were back out in full force in Kelowna Monday morning as heavy snow made driving treacherous. The roads, so slick, this transit bus ended up in the ditch in the city's Glenmore area. Several passengers were on board at the time, including two young children.
5: Just came around the corner here.
7: I heard the bus driver say something around the lines of um, no, 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 and then hold on. I looked up from my phone and all I found was the bus sliding down over the embankment.
6: But the weather wreaking havoc not only on the roads, but in the skies as well.
7: We've got lots of delays uh, due to the weather that we're currently experiencing.
6: Both the arrival and departure boards at Kelowna Airport showing plenty of delays, many of them due to having to de-ice aircraft. Some flights had to be cancelled due to poor visibility.
7: The visibility changes uh, uh, quite frequently, so uh, depending on their sequence and when they're arriving to the airport, if the visibility is below our minimums that they can accept, then the aircraft cannot land under those conditions
6: passengers left with no choice but to go with the flow, like Kia Quinn, whose flight to Toronto was delayed by at least an hour.
8: It's just part of winter travel, so yeah. you're taking it all in stride. Yeah, you got to. I mean, what do you do, right? got to get to places safe, so that's the main thing.
6: And it looks like this blast of winter weather is here for a while, as Monday's snowstorm is only the first in a series that will hit the Okanagan over the next week. Claudia Van Ammer, Global News, Kelowna.
2: Meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us with more on what we can expect in the coming days. Christy? So the worst will in the short term will be overnight tonight
9: and through the morning hours tomorrow. So Whistler Village could see up to 30 centimeters of snow by the end of the day tomorrow. Howe sound, Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley, 70 millimeters of rain. But the key here that I wanted to point out with the most dangerous conditions is hope to Meriden, hope to Princeton, including Princeton. Up to 20 centimeters of snow overnight tonight with a risk of freezing rain. It's expected, uh, it is advised not to be traveling these routes whatsoever. Tomorrow afternoon will be much better. Meanwhile, the Okanagan could see another 20 centimeters of snow overnight tonight, and that's on top of the 20 they saw today. Now, we've got another major system on deck for late in the week, and this could be the worst of this series for the Metro Vancouver region, including the potential for snow. So I'll show you which areas could see it as early as Thursday
2: night. All right, thanks for that, Christy Gordon.
1: Let somebody else do the driving in those conditions. TransLink rolled out four new rapid bus routes in Metro Vancouver today. (laughs) The R1 will replace the 96B line running along King George Boulevard in Surrey. The R5 will take over the 95B line on Hastings Street through Vancouver. The R3 will carry commuters along Lowheat Highway between Coquitlam and Maple Ridge. And the R4 will take UBC and Langara students down 41st Avenue between Joyce Street and UBC. The blue and green rapid buses are expected to run 20% faster than local bus service because fewer stops. We must continue to improve bus service. This is just the start. Today is just
10: the start to stepping up our game. We've got to provide better, more reliable, more frequent service throughout the region. You know, 60% of TransLink's ridership is on the bus, and it's going to remain that way for a long time, even as we are building out our rapid transit rail network.
1: Due to construction delays, a fifth rapid bus line servicing the North Shore won't launch until April. TransLink is hoping to add seven more routes across the region in the future. Right now, though, another example tonight of the sky-high increases in strata insurance premiums.
2: Dozens of buildings, some brand new without a single claim, are seeing more than 300% increases. John hua has one such example and what it means for homeowners.
4: It's great. It has everything you need here. A party room, workout area, and swimming pool. The mahogany at Mill Lake in Abbotsford has all the perks of a brand new building.
11: Our Giles kind of hit the drop to the floor.
4: That's because the strata owners never expected to face a special levy just a year after people first moved in to cover rising insurance costs.
11: It's a brand new building and to go from one year to have that significant increase I don't think is right.
4: The Strata paid BFL Canada $66,000 to insure the building in 2019. But upon renewal this year, the premium jumped to $588,000. That translates into a special levy of about $3,000 per unit and an increase in Strata fees from $300 to $600.
11: I think of a lot of the people that, uh, that do live in this building, there's many retired people and that they're on fixed incomes.
4: The building features concrete construction and the latest safety measures. Strata Council was told by the broker the increase was due to fewer underwriters willing to share in the risk of covering the $80 million building. So the cost to get the full coverage from the remaining insurers was going up.
0: Companies continually reevaluate
12: their risk appetite and where they want to grow or maybe lessen some of their risk
4: exposure in certain areas. But after the Strata Council expressed its concern, BFL Canada came back with a different quote of $241,000, but for reduced insurance coverage.
11: And I'm kind of wondering why they didn't do that in the first place instead of trying to stick us with a dollars $588,000 bill.
4: With several Stratas complaining about similar insurance increases, Paul says something has to give.
11: Government needs to look at this and maybe that it needs to be regulated on what kind of increases they can uh, legally mandate.
4: The Insurance Bureau of Canada warns regulation could force more companies to leave the strata insurance market. Owners say the greater risk is being stuck with the status quo. John Hua, Global News.
2: Hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of Iranians take to the streets of Tehran and other cities in massive funeral processions for the country's top general killed last week in a U.S. drone strike. The streets ringing with calls for revenge as world leaders call for restraint. The dispute between the U.S. and Iran has hit close to home for a lot of people trying to cross the U.S. border.
1: Processing delays for Iranian, Canadians and Americans are leading to wait times far longer than usual. Linda Ailsworth spoke to one man who was questioned at the border with his family for nearly 10 hours.
13: It was supposed to be a fun day of shopping. Sam Satter's first trip over the Peace Arch border crossing. But last Saturday afternoon, U.S. Customs had other plans.
14: As soon as you see the passport, I saw eye contact. It just like, okay, Dad, we are going. In to a room filled
13: with Canadian citizens like Sam, as well as U.S. citizens, all with one thing in common. They were born in Iran.
14: I say more than hundred people I saw is born in Iran. Did I work with the government? Did I do terrorist things? No. Why? Why us? Why innocents? We are innocents. They lead us to the
13: office and they uh, held us there for five hours. They asked many questions. At a press conference in Washington state, other detainees spoke out. Nega, a U.S. citizen, was traveling home from B.C. late Saturday with her two young children. We asked them if we can go in our car because my kids need to sleep, and they said no. U.S. Customs and Border Protection denies that anyone was unfairly detained. Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal doesn't
3: buy it. I understand that CBP has said that no such thing occurred, but it is difficult to believe that when you listen to the multiple accounts of what happened. Washington
13: State Governor Jay Inslee concurs, saying these were detentions and that is unacceptable.
14: U.S. President, I think he never understanding between a terrorist and tourist.
13: Satter and his family were finally released after nine hours of questioning and waiting at 8.30 p.m. So much for that fun visit to the USA.
14: I feel upset, and uh, I wish peaceful comeback. I wish not that is happening again. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. The federal government says
1: it will finally take action to remove a notorious abandoned ship that's been moored in the Fraser River near Surrey for more than five years. We first told you about the former U.S. Navy ship Spudnik back in 2014 when it broke free from its moorings in Squamish and was adrift in Howe Sound. The boat was towed out of the Sound and drained of thousands of liters of fuel. The fisheries ministry says a recent assessment shows the ship poses an imminent risk of pollution, hull corrosion and fire. Removing the ship is expected to cost more than $3 million. No word on whether the government will try to recoup any of those costs from the owner.
2: Tensions are growing again tonight over construction of a natural gas pipeline in northern BC. That was the scene of an emotional standoff last winter.
1: Five hereditary chiefs have stopped construction of the Coastal GasLink pipeline despite a court injunction that prevents them from blocking the project. Richard Zussman reports.
7: Tensions are once again building in the Wet'suwet'en territory in northern B.C. Hereditary chiefs for the community serving their eviction notice to block coastal gasoline from operating near Houston.
11: We are doing it to protect the environment, the land, the air, the water, the rights and titles of our people.
7: The Wet'suwet'en attempting to block a $6.6 billion pipeline set to move natural gas.
4: We're asking you guys to peacefully leave this, vacate this, because it's an eviction notice.
7: It was a year ago Tuesday when the RCMP arrested 14 people at a police checkpoint trying to disrupt the project.
11: As Wet'suwet'en people, we're not the the terrorists that uh, they're acting on, but the reality is that's how
0: they're treating us.
7: The company plans on getting back to work this week after a holiday break. It has been working under an agreement that allowed pipeline workers access, an agreement that Wet'suwet'en are now rescinding
11: project must be proven to be necessary. Benefits for the general public cannot outweigh the adverse effects on First Nations.
7: Last week, a B.C. Supreme Court judge extended an injunction against protesters. In a statement, Coastal GasLink says, Our preference has always been to find mutually agreeable solutions through productive and meaningful dialogue. Over the past year, Coastal GasLink has repeatedly requested face-to-face meetings with the Unistoden and the Office of the Wet'suwet'en. But these requests have either been ignored or rejected by these groups. In a statement, the Ministry of Energy says its obligation is to ensure that legislation is followed. And if the RCMP takes any action, that would be done independently and based on the court ruling. The ministry adding that they are hopeful that a peaceful resolution will be reached between the Wet'suwet'en and Coastal Gas Link.
10: What we're faced with now is a decision for the NDP. Do they follow the rule of law or just go and let things happen however the people wish in the local community?
7: The Wet'suwet'en says they have no choice but to do everything possible on its land to stop the pipeline from being built. Richard Zussman, Global News.
13: Whether it is this trial or in the future, Harvey will be held accountable for his actions.
1: Actress Rosanna Arquette, one of many accusers of Harvey Weinstein, gathered outside a New York courtroom today as the sexual assault trial of the former Hollywood mogul began. Weinstein's New York trial is based on the accusations of two women and alleged assaults in 2006 and 2013.
2: And just hours after day one wrapped, a district attorney on the other side of the country announced even more charges.
10: Hobbled by recent back surgery, the once powerful movie mogul looked frail and pathetic as he arrived for his today? day in court.
2: How's your
9: back?
5: So
10: Harvey Weinstein has pleaded not guilty to assaulting two women. On the most serious charges of predatory sexual assault, he could face life in prison. You are innocent until proven guilty. His lawyer asked for a sequestered jury.
8: Just based on all of the media attention this case is obviously getting.
10: The request was turned down, even as new charges made headlines in Los Angeles, where prosecutors accused Weinstein of assaulting two other women in California.
3: Once the defendant's case is completed in New York, we expect him to appear in a courtroom in Los Angeles County. Time's up.
10: Dozens of women, including Hollywood stars, say they were victimized by Weinstein.
13: And time's up on the pervasive culture of silence that has enabled abusers like Weinstein.
10: Indeed, for decades, Weinstein was a powerful figure, surrounded by women, in spite of the rumors. He was called God by Meryl Streep, and he produced many successful directors. For best motion picture. Last night, the Hollywood elite were honored at the Golden Globes, but on the eve of the trial, they were called out by host Ricky Gervais as he described a recent film plot. A movie
15: where people survive by acting like they don't see a thing. Sort of like working for
10: Harvey Weinstein. You did it. You, I didn't. You did it. Director Brian De Palma is working on a movie inspired by the scandal.
7: Working uh, in and out of Hollywood, uh, uh, you were very aware of the kind of uh, abuse to women that was going on.
10: It is still rare for women to take such cases to court, but that is beginning to change.
12: Both of my clients in this case have been very brave, very courageous because they're willing to testify under oath.
6: You thought you could terrorize me and others into silence. You were wrong.
10: Whatever the outcome of the trial, more women have found their voice. And a career that could have been a screenplay about power in Hollywood has been forever rewritten. Eric Sorensen, Global News.
2: Still more amazing video coming out tonight showing the apocalyptic effects of the Australia wildfires. One out-of-control fire turning the skies red at a beach in New South Wales.
1: And on the beach, piles of black ash brought in by the tide. And there are new warnings tonight. The wildfires could last for months.
14: We cannot guarantee your safety at present.
15: Authorities across Southeast Australia are racing to get people to safety, using the light rain and cool weather for cover, after supercharged fires continue to ravage the continent over the weekend. It's
12: like something out of a horror movie. I've never seen anything like
15: it. The fires have scorched nearly 20 million acres of land, forcing thousands to flee. My neighbor stayed to defend his property, and
4: he contacted me this morning to say, sorry, but my house is gone.
15: Fire officials here in New South Wales say the flames roared through here so quickly that the fire consumed things like cars, homes, and vegetation at a rate of seven miles in two hours. Australian firefighters are working around the clock, battling both the fierce flames and exhaustion.
11: All the crews in this area are just hurting.
4: They're tired.
15: Did you ever think you'd see something of this magnitude in Australia? Never. 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 Evacuee Margaret Fitzpatrick came back to find both her neighbors' homes burned down, but hers still standing. Just the spirit of everyone banding
3: together and helping each other and even though a lot of people have lost a lot of things, we still have that really good community spirit.
15: The Australian government committed the equivalent to one and a half billion U.S. dollars for recovery. While conditions were improved, firefighters are concerned that later this week there will be stronger winds and higher temperatures. Jamie Uka, CBS News, Canberra, Australia.
1: The impact of the wildlife or on the wildlife of these devastating fires in Australia is generating more heartbreaking video of desperate animals interacting with humans. It hurts
0: to see this. And- I don't want anyone to go through this again.
1: It includes this latest video of an injured and parched koala drinking from a water bottle. Elsewhere, a police officer shared his water with a kangaroo. He poured the water into his hand and the animal took a few timid steps to have a drink. Some experts estimate the number of animals impacted by the fires, including wildlife, domestic pets and livestock, is as high as half a billion.
2: An earthquake has done serious damage in Puerto Rico. The 5.8 magnitude quake caused small landslides and power outages and did major damage to some homes and buildings. It was one of the strongest quakes yet to hit the U.S. territory, which has been shaking for the past week. Thankfully, there are no reports of casualties.
1: More problems for Boeing's 737 MAX aircraft as the company works to get it recertified. Boeing and FAA inspectors have discovered a potentially catastrophic flaw in the jet's wiring. The New York Times says they're reviewing whether two bundles of wiring are too close together, which could lead to a short circuit and potentially a crash if pilots don't respond appropriately. The wiring issue could push back the return of the MAX, which was already pushed back until March or later.
2: In Health Matters tonight, a new study says teenagers who use opioids are more likely to engage in other dangerous behaviors.
1: A study of nearly 15,000 high school students found that those who had abused opioids were three times more likely not to use a seatbelt or to have ridden with an intoxicated driver. They were four times more likely to have been in a physical fight and five times more likely to attempt suicide.
2: No, this is not Vancouver. Winter weather turned a hill into a skating rink for cars today in Ankara, Turkey. A person living on the hill just had to point his camera out the window to capture this nonstop chaos, which certainly has happened in Vancouver over the years. One man actually jumped out of a van as it slid down the hill. Obviously, there was a lot of damage, but no injuries.
1: Gotta pump the brakes on a hill like that. Although I don't even know if that would have worked. Mm-hmm. All right. Among the uh, hundreds of high-tech products on display at the annual Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, Mouse. an invention Mouse. you can Mouse. really sink your teeth into. How it could revolutionize the way you brush your teeth later. <laughs> it looks weird. <laughs> it looks
2: really weird. Really weird. All right. Meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us with a look at that. Miserable weather. Uh, you know, not as, well, it might be as slippery as Turkey in some places. <laughs> Well, yes, it's a storm uh, later in the week that we'll be watching for snowfall for our
9: region once again. And again, I'll show you that timeline in a second. But uh, I don't know about you, but I've had enough of this rain, and I'm sure you have as well. So I thought I'd show you some of these numbers. We've had 12 days of rain, straight days. Uh, Yes, so it has been one thing after another, although some some days have been a little bit less than others. But still, rain for 12 days. Every day in January was wet, and if you're wondering... 26 of the 31 days in December was also wet. It has been terrible, basically since the end of November, because November was fairly dry, but then it was one thing after another. All right, so we are just seeing the beginning of it. Snowfall inland, rain across our region, and the wave is set to push in. We'll see the heaviest amounts for all of the south coast and the interior regions, basically overnight. The further east you go in through BC, it will happen a little bit later. But a major system certainly on deck with that next one set to push in Thursday night. Snowfall for the Central Coast up to 20 centimeters. Whistler 30 centimeters. 70 millimeters potentially by the end of the day. Tomorrow for the Qualicum Beach area, Sea to Sky Highway, Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley. And we talked about these areas here. So 10 to 20 centimeters of snow overnight for the uh, Coquihalla as well as Allison Pass as well as the Okanagan Valley. Even lower elevations. But the key here is we're concerned about the freezing rain overnight. Conditions are going to get better tomorrow afternoon when the temperatures warm up and it changes over to rain. And then the further east you go, we're expecting snowfall. These areas here though, will see the snow continue during the day tomorrow, not likely warming up. So this is snowfall by Wednesday morning as it continues throughout the day. Alright, quick look at the whiteout conditions on the Coquihalla and this truck has been there for several hours, so it's not moving anywhere. There's your uh, forecast for northern regions dry but Prince George, shrew 5 centimeters; 10 for Williams Lake, 20 for these Columbia regions and down through the uh, Kootenai area as well transitioning to rain through morning hours tomorrow across the interior regions heavy rain for our region through the morning hours should be a little bit lighter tomorrow afternoon drier Wednesday Thursday but then Thursday afternoon that's the key it's going to get cold and we've got another major system set to push in there's a chance we could see some significant snow so I'm really urging everyone to tune back in
2: all right. Well, we'll be here, so yeah. you we'll find out. Thanks very much,
1: pay, Christy. Pay attention. All right. Companies are showing off some amazing products at the annual Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. One that could even transform your daily routine.
2: But one decidedly low-tech product is getting a lot of attention.
14: Normally, I'd be stressed with only two minutes to leave for work, especially if I haven't brushed my teeth.
2: Develop the Y brush promises, it's called the Y brush. It promises to brush your teeth in 10 seconds by brushing them all at once. You apply toothpaste, chew on it for five seconds, flip it over, and chew for five more. The bristles are aided by sonic vibration. It has been four years in research and development. It is now available online, shipping worldwide for about $125 US
1: and you know you can even share that little power thing you, you, wow. you can detach it and give it to oh, your
2: that's great you've
9: looked into this in clearly i checked it out that's
1: interesting to me but <laughs> I, oh, I prefer awesome. the ba- i like the bamboo toothbrush
9: yeah i like the bamboo there you. toothbrush, too. that's yeah. right we need more a well, less plastic is what we need exactly um. right square so
12: you'd share the little motor but not the actual right
9: no you get your own little <laughs>
12: that's a good idea mouthpiece that's something you never share right a toothbrush mm-hmm. can i borrow your toothbrush no, no one ever uh-huh. says that nobody well, ever says that.
2: Oh, how he's grown.
12: (laughs) Yes, I know. And you're not talking about me. No, I'm not talking about you. Because I haven't. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Starting in the second half of last season and continuing on to this season, Jacob Markstrom has been the kind of goalie the Canucks were hoping he would be. He always had the potential, but some goalies mature like teenage boys, slower than you'd like. But he has got through the awkward stage and now Markstrom's mind and body are working together. It's part of the maturation process... And part of getting a coach who knows the right buttons to push.
5: Chris crosses, give it go. Panarin walks up, finds Truba. His shot, big stop. Two pads stacked by Markstrom. It's
0: technical, physiological, psychological. You're always adding layers to all aspects of the game. Obviously, it's a uh, position that uh, you know is uh, requires a very high level in each of those three categories. So we're always turning over stones looking for opportunities to grow in all those areas.
10: The only person who knows more about Jacob Markstrom's game than Markstrom himself is Canucks goalie coach Ian Clark. Clark spent the last two seasons honing and fine-tuning Markstrom's crease skills to the point where there's no longer any doubt about Markey's ability not just to be a number one goalie but a guy who can carry a team. And that's what Markstrom's been doing
0: during the Canucks seven-game winning
2: streak. What a stop by Markstrom! Jacob I
0: always tell goalies if you want to be an elite net netminder, it's a lifestyle choice you have to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a very very big responsibility to the organization as a goaltender. Well, all players do, but you know, in particular, a goaltending position is obviously the last line of defense, as we all know. Mm-hmm. And there's a big responsibility there, and there's a lot of pressure there. And if we want to elevate our game to to um, the level we're talking about, you know, it it takes more than just coming to the rink and, and trying to stop pucks. Over the back
10: of Markstrom's putting together his best season ever. He's made 30 saves or more 11 times and had games of 40 saves or more on four occasions. And he's done it all with the heaviest of hearts, losing his father to cancer back in November. Anyone who's lost a family member knows the pain that Markstrom's been playing through.
2: It's not easy what he's been going through this um, the last couple of months here. So he's been doing a great job. Staying focused and and, uh, playing like he's
0: been doing, it's uh, it's helped us team a lot. To be able to play the level level he plays at now, because losing your dad, and
5: yeah, it's horrible. So uh, props to him, he's playing unreal, so yeah, I'm very happy for him.
10: Technically, how much has he changed?
0: I think he's more organized as a goalie. What it basically means is, is that, you know, obviously the pace of the game is, is very dynamic. It can be very unpredictable. The more efficient, not only are we able to keep up with that pace, but it also then unleashes the, our eyes and our mind. We can have clear eyes and clear mind as we go about this, at times, very chaotic business. I'm going to
12: show you a great Connor McDavid goal tonight against the Maple Leafs. But first, a goal by Kyler Yamamoto. Uh, Edmonton got off to a 3 0 start, then Toronto made it 4 3, then it was 5 3, and then McDavid did this. Watch. Against Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley. Whoops! And then that. I'll give you two more looks. He looks off right. It looks like he's going to pass. Look, look, look. No, I'm going the other way. And then I make him one more move, just for good measure. One more time. From the end zone. Absolutely they don't make him like that very often. Connor McDavis, 6-4, Edmonton wins. Uh, National Predators fired head coach Peter Laviolette today. Also his assistant, former Canucks captain Kevin McCarthy was let go. It's the sixth 6 coaching change this season in the NHL. Laviolette did well in Nashville. Made the playoffs every year. Got them to the Stanley Cup final in 2017. But the Predators look lost this year. No replacement has been named yet. The boys came home today, flew in, Czech Republic, Austria, Toronto. That's Barrett Hayton with the World Junior Championship trophy. Despite the bad shoulder, he's able to lift it over his head. And Akil Thomas, the man who scored the winning goal with his family. His dad was a former minor league hockey player. And all the players are returning to their hometowns tonight. Uh, by beating Philadelphia yesterday, the Seattle Seahawks are now off to Green Bay for round two of the playoffs. This Sunday will be the game. Uh, yesterday, Seattle's run game wasn't quite as beast mode as they would have liked it to be. Marshawn Lynch did score a touchdown, but only seven yards on six carries against the Packers. Expect Lynch to get more usage.
5: He's going to play more this week, and and uh, he's ready to, and he's had enough time with us, and, and he feels confident about what he's doing and, and the plan and we can get him in and out of there and, and uh, You know, have have those two guys really go at it.
12: Now, during the first quarter of the Seahawks' win over Philadelphia, Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz suffered a head injury after being hit in the back of the helmet by Jadavian Clowney. This morning, Wentz said he was feeling better. But despite that, the Eagles feel the play at least deserved a penalty or a penalty and Clowney tossed from the game. Neither happened. As for the Seahawks, they believe the referees did the right thing.
5: He hit him in the back of the head, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't trying to hurt him or anything, it just that just happened, I don't, you know, it's football, you know, and unfortunately he got banged, you know, I hate that he didn't get to play the game, but um, I, don't, I don't know why there's much discussion about it, I mean, he's, the guy's chasing and he dove on the guy and he hit him, you know, so well, it's unfortunate.
12: I know why there's much discussion about it. His I knee agree. was down. He came after him with the helmet. Uh, new Lions head coach Rick Campbell announces his assistance today. He did keep two from last year. Offensive line coach Kelly Bates, who actually joined B.C. halfway through the season and made the line better. And defensive back coach uh, Ryan Phillips. Jordan McKismick, uh, who worked with Mike Riley in Edmonton, is a new offensive coordinator. Also, last year's backup quarterback Danny O'Brien is now a coach. He'll be the offensive assistant.
9: Here's your snow report for this Monday evening. A ton of new snow for South Coast Mountains. Whistler Blackcomb picking up 18 centimeters, Grouse 27, Cypress 40, and Sasquatch 30. Manning Park picked up 16, Revelstoke 10, Fernie 17, and Kicking Horse 15. Big White 13 centimeters of fresh snow, Silver Star 11, Sun Peaks 7, and Apex 15. Mount Washington finally getting a ton of new snow 13 centimeters, Whitewater 14, Red Mountain 9, and Powder King 4.
1: So we showed you the 10-second toothbrush a little earlier. And for the most part, the Las Vegas Consumer Electronics Show is full of unusual cutting-edge computer technology.
2: Including new products for the road, your home, and even
8: your baby's crib. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. More and more automakers are using CES as a car show, and the all-electric brand Byton hit the ground first. Its m SUV goes on sale in the US next year and puts entertainment in the driver's seat. The massive infotainment center shows everything from sports scores to text messages. Owners will even be able to stream video thanks to a new partnership with Viacom CBS. I imagine that when you're driving, you cannot watch the video on this big screen. Is that correct?
5: You're correct. Um, While we're driving, we'll disable the video mode.
8: But drivers can watch when parked, and that might be handy during charging at a station which takes about 35 minutes. Automaker Ford is introducing a robot, one of many at CES this year. The company purchased the Digit and is looking to see if it could one day be part of a new delivery system that brings packages to your door. Wearables are always popular, and now there's even one for your baby's diaper. Lumi by Pampers has a webcam, smartphone app, and diaper device that tracks a baby's sleep and also detects wet diapers. Presenting the Samsung Q950. TVs are always big news at CES. Samsung's latest has a tiny edge, making the set 99% picture. The company also has a TV with a twist. The Cerro rotates vertically to make it easier to watch videos recorded on a phone.
0: The things that people want to show at CES are these amazing products that make you go, wow, that's really cool.
8: And more cool tech aiming to shape the future is expected as CES officially gets underway. I'm Sinets Kara Suboy for CBS News, Las Vegas. Crazy.
1: What, are we, what are we thinking about the vertical TV, no. people?
2: Just shoot
9: your video like this. Yes, yes please, when you're sending this. in weather footage. Same
1: same for you, <laughs> photos and stuff like that. I right? agree. Not this, this. It's the 16 by 9 aspect ratio that makes our life so much easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, last word on weather before we go.
9: Sure, heavy rain overnight through the morning hours tomorrow, so don't send the kids off to school without Wait. a rain jacket. That's See? better.
1: <laughs> there you go. Thanks hey. for watching. Have a good night, everybody.